All right, so you've heard about SBF and you've heard about the crypto collapse and some crypto bros, billionaire guys dying, and it's in the news, you know, it's in the news quite a bit. Um, I'm going to break down all of the information that I've taken in and try to just um, give it out in the simplest way to understand it. Because if you're not in this crypto world, if you're not even in the finance world, you might not really fully understand what's going on here. There's a lot to kind of take in and I've taken in a lot of information on this and basically just want to uh, reinterpret it in a way that I think will be easier to understand than than uh, countless articles and even other vi YouTube videos that I've watched and stuff. They don't, um, I think they're so deep into it. Uh, a lot of these, these finance people that are covering this story that they don't understand that the majority of people don't even know what's going on still. So I'm gonna try to break down the SBF story, crypto collapse, everything just in layman's terms. So Sam Bankman-Fried had a company called Alameda Research and right there it's like okay what does that company do well all you need to know is that basically it's an investment company investment capital company so you can give them money and they will take it and they will invest it for you it's like investing in a mutual fund or a hedge fund or um, managed stock portfolio um, but in the crypto world so their investments were cryptocurrency and basically what can happen with trading and with investment is if you've ever done it yourself you know that you can easily make a mistake and you can actually lose money on your investment and basically what happened was Alameda Research did that with a huge amount of capital I mean that's the most likely story we we've got going on right now there's a lot of fog from the people involved in this because if they can just slip away in the fog, that's gonna be great for them. So what we can assume pretty safely is that huge risks were taken by people that are people. People make mistakes. People do think that markets are gonna go up when they go down. And we've had a cryptocurrency kind of slowdown before all of the FTX collapse. So what that meant was these companies were basically coming out at a loss to begin with. And when that happens, that isn't a problem by itself. Um, that happens to every single company um, and every single mutual fund. You know, um, if you look at stocks, for instance, it's not like every single mutual, there's, there's no guaranteed way to make money in the markets. And so that's going to happen. And that alone isn't a problem but it's when it's combined with a bunch of other things. Um, and one of those things is very serious fraud. So what happened was Alameda Research took a big dip in the, in the markets, um, lost a bunch of money that was not theirs, so they've put themselves in a leverage position. If you think about leverage, you can think about like a seesaw, and they've weighted down this end so much that it's not gonna go back to balance aka they've put themselves into so much debt but that debt is actually other people's money that they've given them to invest so it's not like debt like you and i might see as in we owe some money to a credit card um, because of something we wanted uh, you can kind of think about that in that way because those investors wanted something they wanted an interest they wanted a 
a good return on their investment. And so they gave Alameda the, the money to do that with. So they lost it all basically, or a big chunk of it. And this is where the fraud comes in. Um, but it's really kind of iffy. And I think that's why it's taking so long for the, um, for anyone to really get arrested by all of this, because what constitutes fraud? It, it's, it's kind of purposeful, um, because there's also negligence. Okay. So let's look at the fraud then that's potentially happened here. Um, and you know, Sam Bankman fried, he's been on a lot of press right now and he's basically trying to create a fog so that he can uh, claim it as negligence instead of fraud that's basically where he wants to get the public's kind of direction to go to so that other people will be swayed and potentially if it ends up in a legal system which would be surprising if it didn't then you know there's a lot of human beings within there uh, that can be swayed and there's a lot of um you know, you know, there's legal persuasion and all that that happens in those fields once it becomes in that. But right now he's trying to sway the public's opinion and say that it was big mistake. It was negligence and not an intentional, um, purposeful act of fraud. So what is the act of fraud that, that potentially happened? Okay, so Sam Bankman-Fried also owned a company called FTX. Now FTX was a crypto trading platform that you and I can in put our own money into and it's held in an account um, kind of like a bank account, but it's not because it's 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 a centralized. It's a bank account within a, a company that's not a bank um, or it's an account, I guess. You know, it's numbers on a screen, basically. And those numbers came from somewhere else. They came from your bank account. By creating an account on FTX, you're not actually creating, you're not giving that person money. So that's the real difference between Alameda is you're not, and, and FTX. If you gave your money to Alameda, you're giving them money to invest. If you give money to FTX, you were creating your own account and that was still yours. So... What happened was because Alameda's huge dip and because they needed some, some more capital to be able to kind of fix that, that failing business, that, that problematic business, the deficit that, they've, that they had created for themselves, FTX, because it's an exchange, because it deals with cryptocurrencies, they created their own token called FTT, which it's abbreviated as, and gave it an assigned value basically just said it was worth this much we hold this much it's worth that and we exchange it on our exchange and other exchanges began holding it and then what happens with that is they've created monopoly money basically and monopoly money only has value any money only has value if the other person is willing to accept it in exchange for something else at the same value that you believe it has. So if FTX says it's valuable, then it's valuable, right? Because you can trade it because it might go up in money. Um, really, that was the only value or it had a few things where you could exchange it for other cryptocurrencies. Um, only if that only if that uh, platform allowed it. So really the value was that it existed and that people believed it had value, which can be argued for a lot of other cryptocurrencies. 
um, because if they don't actually have use cases, if they're meme coins, if the only use of them is that you could make money from it because it goes up in value because somebody else is willing to pay money for it, that more money than you paid for it, that isn't really anything. That's just speculation. So that's, that's where that concept of um, a speculative type of investment comes into or, or speculative investing. Um, a lot of people think that cryptocurrency is a speculative market for that exact reason is we don't know where its value really is um, because we don't see it being used. It doesn't just have value because we say it has value. Um, and even things like saying, you know, there's a limited supply. Does that give it value? Um, you know, I'm talking about Bitcoin, right? It has a limited supply. So that's a, a scarcity thing that gives it a, a little bit of value because that is actually something. Um, but only really as much. It's still just an idea. It's as much uh, something as just believing that it has value and, and uh, is something. So those are still things, but they're not necessarily what gives something value. Uh, another reason Bitcoin might have value is because it takes money through the form of electricity and through hardware to actually get it, to, to solve the algorithms that gives you a Bitcoin or a part of a Bitcoin if you're in this huge computer pool trying to figure out that algorithm. That. So does that give it value because you've worked for it in some way or you've paid for it in some other way? And then, you know, the, the cryptocurrency can be built on or it can be used to to store an image or, you know, or to, um, you know, there's all these different values. But when something is just created and somebody says it has value and it doesn't necessarily have value, then it is really unstable. It's very, very unstable and can be crashed really quickly. They, they had this kind of made up money that didn't quite have any real value. Um, so there was that. There was the big deficit in um, Alameda research. And then there's also this other side of fraud that happens where um, Sam Bankman Freed or someone within the company, which, you know, companies will allow you to, you know, if you have a company card, you can go spend it on some things and, uh, you know, um, you know, obviously the things you're supposed to spend them on, but those things aren't going to get checked super, super um, frequent or really get combed over unless it's a super tight budget company that has really great accounting or and, and really strict policy on that use case. Or um, what is more likely is some things will slip through the cracks. It doesn't really matter that much unless there was a huge charge or a huge amount of volume of charges or this big exchange. Okay, what's going on here? Why do, why is there all, all of a sudden $600, $1,000 on this company card? What were you doing? Were you out partying? Was that really a business expense? Did it really deserve to be put on that card? Maybe that's a problem that you're doing that. So I'm trying to paint that image of basically a company in the way that, that funds get transferred. Because what happened next and, and what I'm about to explain is that FTX transferred a huge amount of money to Alameda Research and it was actually funds of the people who had put their money into that kind of account, that bank account style system, uh, that trading platform wallet 
that's another word that people call it but it's basically um it looks and acts like a uh, certain portions of a bank account it's numbers on a screen that you can exchange for this or you can withdraw you can you know current it's basically a currency exchange wallet that's why they call it a wallet it's because it's a lot like your physical wallet um, it's where you hold your money so it's a place to hold your money that's a good way to explain it actually and so all of these clients you know you and I if we were to inv put our money onto FTX to then trade for our favorite uh, meme coin or whatever, um, some stupid token, or actually try to, you know, really understand this product that is a currency and see if it actually has value and, and you believe that it could be more valuable. Um, that's why people buy cryptocurrencies because they believe they can be more valuable and they, they agree with the idea behind the technology. Um, that's why cryptocurrency markets will tend to be similar to NASDAQ, which is the technology index. So if enough hype gets put onto a new cryptocurrency, a new technology, that will drive the price up and actually make it more valuable. Um, and then also enough hype about that technology means that potentially th there will be use cases for it. Um, people, other you know, programmers, other developers will develop uh, systems on top of that blockchain. Um, they'll provide some sort of use case for that. And it's basically the same thing for a technology company. If a technology company IPOs, it has an initial public offering, if they go on the NASDAQ, for instance, the reason they're doing that is because they believe that there is an ability for them to access funds by doing so. By So it will make their company more worth more by being on a stock exchange, just alone. And that's because the owners, um, before they, they go public, they divvy up their percentage of what they own and that is basically that stock in that company. And there's a certain amount of you know public shares that people can trade and then there's all of the ones held by the people who owned the company before it went public. So that's basically how it works with cryptocurrency too. These, these companies that develop a new cryptocurrency, they have a certain amount of that cryptocurrency before it gets you know, publicly traded. And it just happens really, really quick with cryptocurrency. And it, it happens pretty quickly with technology companies too. So with enough hype, that company can be valued enough, that tech company can be valued enough that then they can actually take that investment and develop whatever their idea was or whatever their product was you know usually if you're on a nasdaq especially now you at least have something of a company it's not like just total garbage that can get on there um but still they might be still overvalued when they ipo so that, that's why stocks can still go down but hopefully you know if they go up that means more capital for them to invest in their own company and be able to actually create something useful so it's basically the same thing for cryptocurrency that's why those two um, indexes follow each other uh, to some degree all right so then what happened um, well there was an event that triggered a run on the bank basically but the bank this time was that FTX exchange where we all had our individual wallets of cash overflowing but that cash all of a sudden had been traded basically or or given to Alameda research and what was placed back there or 
um, what was said to kind of keep that value stored was actually FTT. It was this monopoly money. So basically what happened was um, when there was a, a certain tweet by CZ, who's the owner of this other FT or other trading platform, it's called Binance. It's the biggest platform. FTX was the second biggest direct competitors. Um, and CZ had a certain amount of shares of FTX and that was in FTT. It was in this monopoly money. And, you know, there was some information that came out from a, from another source that basically questioned how over leveraged FTX and Alameda and all of this was. And then so because of that, CZ, a big holder of of FTT, tweeted, but didn't actually do. He tweeted that he was going to sell his FTT. Um, later, he said that he didn't in a tweet, um, basically because it was not worth much and because, you know, it doesn't want to be a part of that. Uh, he doesn't need to either because he's a billionaire. <laughs> um, so maybe that was in his goodwill of like not withdrawing even more money out of that system so other people could exchange their FTT potentially and get some of their actual money back at a huge loss still, but not as big of a loss. So what that created was a run on the bank. So the run on FTX. Um, so what that looked like was him basically saying, yeah, we have all of these billions um, and it's just stored in this FTT. And then all of a sudden whoosh, that goes way down. And when people start withdrawing because of this tweet, um, you know, the individuals say, oh, this, this person is about to dump a huge amount of this token. That means it's going to drop the price like crazy. So it's, you want to basically get your stored value out before that happens. So that creates a huge amount of people selling something, um, selling this cryptocurrency and, tr and not as enough people trying to buy something. So it becomes a supply and demand issue and supply and demand is, is how we dictate what the value of something is. So if you go to a market and you want to buy trout and there's only one trout in the market and there's 10 people that want to buy it, then there might be a little bit of a bidding war and say, oh, I'll take, I'll take, I'll buy it for 10. Oh, I'll buy it for 15. I'll buy it for 20. You know, it's storage wars. It's an auction. And uh, so that's, that can drive the price up. The other thing can happen where you go to the market and you're one of five people that want trout, but there's a hundred trout in the market. And you can say, oh yeah, that one looks good, but I think I'll try this shop down here it, because you want to sell it to me for 10. I, I only want to pay five. I'll go over there. Maybe he'll sell it for, to me for five. And that person says, no, it's fine. You sold. So you're getting a really good deal because that person needs to get rid of that trout <laughs> because this is a perfect analogy because that trout is going to spoil just like FTT is going to spoil. So because we know that the price is going to go down because CZ says that he's going to drop all of his FTT, we want to get that out before it happens because we know that token is going to spoil at least to some degree. We don't know that it's going to go all the way to nothing, but we think that it will you know, go down and we don't want it, that to happen. We might as well get our money out. And then when that happens, it's going to make it even worse. So everybody trying to take their, their money out of FTT at once made the price drop like crazy. And then FTX is left there saying, um, we can't give you 
are your money because your money is stored in our funny money. Um, you know, we have a hundred, uh, what was a hundred dollars of FTT for your hundred dollars of cash potentially. Um, but supposedly not even they did, they weren't leveraged one-to-one. -one. Um, and that's a whole nother thing. Oh God. So annoying. There's so much to explain with this story. <laughs> so there's this other thing that happens with lending. And this happens right now with our banking system, um, is, if you give a bank $100, they only have to hold $10 of that $100 and they can take that $90 that's left and they can go invest it in something and they can make money off of your money. Mm -hmm. And so that's a pretty crazy thing because then that $90 can get deposited somewhere and then that can, you know, 10% of that can be held and 90% of that can get invested and it becomes this huge long thing. So $100 stretches out like crazy in these systems. And that is okay, I guess, because it is uh, backed by the government. Um, and it's only okay if people believe in the government and if hyperinflation doesn't happen. So if we were all to go have run on our banks at every single bank within our nation, what would happen is the government would have to print money, which would cause inflation devaluating the currency. And then that money will become just like how FTX became basically worthless and people will start making baskets out of bills like they did in Venezuela not too long ago. And that's because the of hyperinflation and you know all of that. So that's basically what happened to FTX and FTT was hyperinflation and there was no demand for something that there was a ton of supply for. And because of that, they could only give this fake money back that wasn't worth anything. So they couldn't give anybody anything back to anybody really, or, or a very small percentage of it. And that caused them to file for bankruptcy. And that, that protects them as a business for a second. That slows everything down that says, hey, we got lawyers here. We got lawyers here. Let's just make sure we get doing everything right. This might take, this might take a month. This might take years to solve. And that's because they're just, they're, they're doing everything as properly and legally as they possibly can to not make mistakes along the way of that, because there's so many people and so much money involved in that, that if it was a private company to handling this, there would be, you know, lawsuits against them instantly. They would be starting to get sued and basically until bankruptcy is up, um, there's not really any point to that because you don't have the proof of um, what's actually going on. But basically all of that will come to light or should come to light in a fair due process legal system. Now we we know that our, every legal system in the world is not perfect. And there was a lot of shady shit going on with this company. First of all, they were, you know, based in the Bahamas, what goes on in the Bahamas? I don't know, but it's pretty dang close to the Cayman islands. And we all, you know, know what that means in a in a stereotypical way and we know that the bahamas had different legal systems different jurisdictions and different um, rules around what they could do even on the internet with an exchange so it really affected the way that they were able to operate just as binance is operating not within america as their as their home base and just as coinbase is and they have to deal with all that regulation which makes it basically really difficult to use a platform like Coinbase because of all the regulation around it.
so that's where their niche was and that's why F ftx was such a valuable exchange for people and why so many people had money on it was because it had all of these coins and easy ways to transfer money it was simple it was good it was a well-built platform and there's other ones out there just like it and there's other ones who had huge amounts of money invested in ftt or in ftx itself and you know just totally over leveraged in a in a large section of this there's always a story to be told for every single crash in the stock market and this is a story to be told within the crash of the timeline of cryptocurrencies there's been other ones and they've been for other reasons and actually you know not a lot of people really had the attention on this space that um, we have now so there were uh, exchanges you know frauding out there there are people who invested money into this centralized website that they would build and these people would flee the country and you know hide out and walk away with billions that hap has happened in the past of cryptocurrency so this isn't really something new this is just this case of this person also trying to hide their tracks by taking money to invest in their own company but it's stealing it's stealing money and then also oh oh but it's okay because we have this fake token we have this monopoly money as our backing so that's basically what's happened there's more to go into but it's honestly just such a crazy story that it's it's um developing so fast and so much um and there's a lot that i didn't get into um the crypto bros dying kind of news the billionaires i mean i could only speculate on all that but i will say that it's strange that this has happened when cryptocurrency has plummeted i mean these could be very over leveraged people as well a lot of people think that billionaires have a billion dollars in cash in something completely safe um you know cash isn't completely safe it's subject to uh rising inflation and decreasing inflation um nothing no store of value is completely safe there is no perfect store of value out there everybody has different values and so that isn't the case with billionaires and actually a lot of times they'll put their money to work for them and they'll actually be super over leveraged as over leveraged as possible especially when debt is cheap when interest rates are low and so, and that's been the case. I mean, debt has been so cheap. People have gotten so over leveraged. And what can happen when people lose everything is um, what can happen? You know, what can happen? Let's, let's think about what can happen. We could let our conspiracy minds go crazy on what has happened um, and what can happen when you lose all your financial wealth. We don't have to go there though, because it's, it's only important within those stories. And I think it only relates possibly to the crash and, and all the people affected by the loss of wealth and all the people that basically shouldn't have had that much wealth to begin with um, because they did not know how to actually use it. This is somebody who SBF pretended to be a philanthropist, basically, but he was just investing into regulation and lobbying and buddying up with politicians so that he could make even more money. It's all an act. It's all an act and so that's an investment that's an investment anything anytime that you're putting money towards something that you think is going to pay out in the future that's an investment so his philanthropy was nothing more than an investment into u.s politics basically um it's all just a it's a very strange system that we we live in that lobbying is okay it's just 
so just legal bribery that's cool uh, very strange but anyway um that's all i can get into right now about this topic i covered it immediately after it happened it was very very interesting right when it happened it's developed a lot since then i might I, I think I probably will get back to this because this is something I'm interested in. And this is what I talk about on this podcast is things that I'm interested in, things that have come into my world. I've digested them and I'm about to spit them up like a bird into a mother bird into a baby bird. That's that's you guys. You guys are my baby birds. I'm about to spit up my knowledge on you. <laughs> Okay, if you are watching this, please go check it out on audio. There's a lot of times I'll do audio only podcasts and you guys miss out by only watching on YouTube. Go to your favorite podcast platform, subscribe, like on YouTube, jump back and forth, do do so many different things right now that you have no idea what's going on. Just, you know, just start downloading things, start clicking random buttons, get into the code, just start messing up things. But seriously, um rate us on spotify and itunes or apple podcasts and my brain is falling apart right now because doing plugs for your own podcasts is ridiculous thanks everyone for watching and listening